0: Hey there, I'm Grace.
1: And I'm Amelia.
0: And welcome to the Women Invest in Real Estate podcast, where we talk about getting started in real estate, scaling, and we give you the inside scoop about our day-to-days as full-time investors.
1: Interested in learning how to double your cash flow without the headache of turning your property into a hospitality-based short-term rental? Introducing Midterm Rentals. Register for our self-guided Midterm Rental Profit Academy course, where we walk you through step-by-step how to identify, analyze, furnish, market, and self-manage a midterm rental. Sign up at womeninvestinrealestate.com slash academy and use code PODCAST for $50 off today.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Wire podcast. Today, we're going to talk about seven ways to find off-market deals. And this is fun because Amelia and I primarily have bought all of our deals off-market minus, honestly, just a few. So we've got some good stories and good experiences to share with you.
1: Yeah, let's jump right in. So my favorite way for finding off-market properties is the tried and true method of driving for dollars. I found a handful of my properties driving for dollars and my process is very simple. Don't overthink this. So if you're out there listening, here's what I do. I will literally drive around in my small hometown or if I'm in the Des Moines area in Des Moines, but it works well in a small town because less mileage, whatever, yada, yada. So I'll find rundown multifamilies, I'll write down the address, I'll go home, look them up on the assessor website, whoever the owner is, and then I'll either Facebook stalk them or Google (laughs) search and try to find their phone number. But I love Facebook because it connects, like, my photo with them when I message them, and I find, like, that works out really well for me, so... Once I figure out who owns it and I contact them, I simply just say, hey, I saw your property at 123 Main Street. I am an investor in the area and was wondering if you had considered selling. And then the conversation starts from there. Do
0: you know how many properties you've found driving for dollars?
1: Oh man, that's a good question. I know your triplex, right? Two triplexes for sure. And a couple single families. So it's hard when you're like on the spot trying to think about it. I honestly, I forget some of my properties, which is so weird, but I literally am like, wait, oh yeah, I own that property.
0: Probably like five. I also like the Facebook angle because especially in a small town when you can see, oh, this person has a mutual friend or this person went to school here or works here, it makes it seem like it's not like a robot or some like scammy or non-serious inquiry. It's like very like, no, I want to buy this. Let's talk. This is who I am.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Of the two triplexes, one I found the owner on Facebook and knew them through like a friend of a friend of a friend. And then the other I'd driven by it forever and I'd always thought, knew that it was like kind of abandoned, but I wasn't quite sure. And I actually had one of their tenants from a different building apply for one of mine. And I think I've talked about this before, but when I found that out, I knew that they owned that vacant triplex that I'd kind of been Mm -hmm. looking at. And so I reached out and was like, hey, I see you're selling off a property. Are you also interested in selling off this property? And so that's how I got that one. But I'm of the opinion that it never hurts to
0: ask. I agree. And I think I've only reached out on Facebook to a couple people. I've never gotten a property driving for dollars and reaching out from Facebook. But there's two people who own fourplexes next to the... Eight units that I own, and they're identical buildings, and they're really run down, and I really want to buy them. And they both essentially told me to f off over Facebook, but I still pester them. They were nice about it. One of them. Oh, they were nice. One of them was nice about it. One of them stopped replying. The other one gave me the whole, "Well, give me a price," and I said, "Okay, what's your financials? Can I walk the properties?" And he didn't want to give any of that, so he basically said, "You know, not for sale anymore. Like, stop asking." (laughs) But I'm still gonna keep asking because I really. Really want them and the other guy I found his phone number somehow because he was a contractor and I text him every three or four months and he never replies and he has his read receipts on but one of these days I know he's gonna reply I just know it and I'm gonna get that property
1: you just stay
0: after it you I gotta just stay after it
1: <laughs> keep copy and pasting that same message yep. every couple months
0: Hey, Jeff, it's Grace again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's really funny. But I mean, it it really doesn't hurt to ask. And if they don't say no directly, like, I think that that
0: means that the option is there. It's open. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, the second guy who doesn't reply until he tells me literally stop contacting me, it's just a not right now thing. Exactly. Anyways, we're going to move into kind of a second piece of how you can contact people from driving for dollars if you can't find them on Facebook. And that is called direct mail. So this is number two. Second way to find off-market deals is direct mail. There's two ways you can go about this. One is kind of like a mom and pop way where you're driving for dollars and you find a property you like, you write down the address, you find that owner's mailing address and you write them a handwritten note. I've done that a few times. Amelia, I'm sure maybe you've done that a few times. Love letters, whatever. I know you like to talk about that. The Mm -hmm. second approach with direct mail is more of a professional approach where you can pull lists from sites like PropStream for, I don't know, like 50 cents a lead or something, and then send out professionally printed direct mail. So mass direct mail, like hundreds or thousands of letters. And that can be more expensive, but if you're trying to get a lot of leads, maybe you're wholesaling, then it can be worth it. Definitely. Yeah. I've done the love letter approach Basically, tried to make some sort of a
1: personal connection with the owner. Again, I invest in kind of a smaller town for half of my portfolio. So it usually works in a smaller area, but I've never done like the mass direct mailing campaigns. But we have friends that do, and some Mm -hmm. are successful, some are complete flops, but you got to keep trying and figuring out markets that work for that.
0: Yeah, I've never done the mass direct mailing campaigns either. And just like you said, I know that people spend a lot of money doing it. And you kind it can lag a couple months behind. So you find yourself putting that money out for the campaign for a few months before you really get any traction. So that's why I like to like only write to the properties that I know are either unoccupied, dilapidated or whatever, because I kind of get a higher quality lead that way. And I don't really want to waste time sending out massive direct mail campaigns.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I think with direct mail, with those massive campaigns, you have to have a plan for when you do get responses. For me, I'm not looking to scale like super quickly. So if I got 10 responses of people that wanted to sell, I wouldn't have any idea what to do with those. This is usually for people that have some sort of a funnel where they're, like you said, either wholesale or like they have massive fix and flip companies (laughs) or whatever so they can handle a huge amount of inquiries
0: yeah and they've got people answering the phones all day whatever number three is calling for rent signs. And this is actually how I found my very first property. So we were out driving for dollars. We saw for rent sign out in some crappy houses yard. So I called the sign, realized it was an investor because he had no clue what house I was talking about. So I realized, okay, he's probably got a lot of properties. So I said, Hey, are you an investor? And he said, yeah, are you? I own literally zero rental properties at the time, but I was like, yes, you should send me your list of available properties so he sent me I think it was a list of like 30 properties and we said we want to see your crappiest one because we wanted to do you know like a pretty big uh, burr and so we walked through that one property of his and we ended up getting it under contract off market so don't be afraid to call for rent signs
1: I actually think this is a really underrated way to
0: find properties. Especially in the winter or if you've seen something online that has just been sitting, that means they're going to be more and more motivated to sell because it's empty and they're not making money. For sure.
1: And also, like, back to an episode that we did on arbitrage, if you see for rent signs, call them and see if they would be open to renting to you to arbitrage. Like, mm-hmm. I think you honestly have a better chance of renting from a mom and pop owner to do arbitrage than you do from a l- huge company. So it's literally
0: all about just not being scared to
1: take a yeah. no for an
0: answer. You can't be scared. And the other thing I like to ask is, if they say, you know, oh, I'm not interested in selling this, always, ask if they have other properties or know anybody else.
1: Exactly. Okay. The next one is wholesalers. So you should definitely be joining local Facebook groups, going to local networking events to make connections with wholesalers
0: in your area. Absolutely. I have not bought, I don't think I've bought from a wholesaler. I have wholesaled myself and I would say Facebook groups is honestly the number one way to connect with anybody. But if you're going to go this route, you have to have a crystal clear buy box because a wholesaler is not going to waste their time sending you every property they ever have. What they want to do is kind of know exactly who's going to buy or a couple people who are going to buy a property before they get under contract. So you need to get your buy box together so that they only send you properties that you like and you can make a move on it if it makes sense for you
1: definitely the other option too is if you're just kind of casually looking you don't have a buy box yet or whatever you can just get on their massive email list which they send out to everyone these are probably not prime wholesale picks like the properties that are really good they probably Mm -hmm. have a few choice buyers that they go to these are probably this is like second effort to sell the property but you never know you could find a gem um so get on their email list so you can start looking at those properties
0: yeah i'm on a a couple email lists for wholesalers and the one sends a mass email out maybe like every few months and I always know when it comes okay that one's not selling I wonder why
1: For sure. Oh, the other thing about buying from a wholesaler is their assignment fee is flexible. If Mm -hmm. it's listed for a price that you don't feel comfortable at, it's negotiable. You can definitely talk them down to a lower assignment fee and a lower price.
0: Yes. And you also have to have cash when it comes to a wholesaler because these are disrepaired, very crappy properties that can't be bought with bank financing that home buyers aren't going to buy. So these sellers are willing to sell quick for a lowball cash offer, which means you have to have cash and you have to close quickly. Definitely.
1: Okay. Next is word of mouth. This is another one of our favorites. We shout it from the roof up, so we tell everybody we know that we buy properties and it's been really fruitful for both of us.
0: Yeah. Like I always say, everybody needs to know what you do. And I highly recommend Having a Facebook page that shows off what you do and is constantly reminding all of your friends and family that you buy properties and they should talk to you if they know somebody who's selling. I personally offer a one thousand dollar referral fee for anybody who brings us a lead, and I'll talk more about social media down the line. But for word of mouth, if people know that you offer thousand dollars, they're gonna be t- they're gonna be sending you leads every which way. And the other thing that's huge. Huge is tell your contractors that you offer this referral fee because they're the ones that are at houses every single day. That's huge.
1: Tell your plumber, tell your electrician, your carpenter, whoever, because they're in those houses, like you said, fixing things a lot of Mm -hmm. the times. You know, those owners may or may not be distressed. They may be tired of the property at that point and looking to sell. And those contractors are in houses every single day like you said like I can't stress this enough how important it is for your contractors to know that you're actively buying properties and I would throw them a you know a thousand bucks five hundred bucks if they
0: bring you a lead Mm -hmm. and it might seem like a lot a thousand dollars but if it's a good deal a thousand dollars is worth it and it has to be I think a thousand dollars because it has to be a showstopper amount that if uh, some person you knew from high school that you haven't talked to from s- for seven years sees a property and thinks of you they're not going to feel weird reaching out to you because it's a thousand dollars for a hundred mm-hmm. bucks they might be like oh, i haven't talked to them in forever i won't i won't say anything but i've actually paid this referral fee many times and most recently i paid it to my plumber he was in the basement of some little old lady's house and he knew that we did the referral fee so he gave our information and told her to call us and we ended up closing Closing on it. I know that's the cutest
1: story. And just FYI, this is $1,000 if you end up closing on the property. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> It's not just if you bring us a lead and we inquire about it, it has mm-hmm. to close.
0: And you have to keep in mind, people are going to start sending you stuff from the MLS, stuff that you've already seen. And you just have to know you're going to you're going to get a lot of stuff that's junk leads, but you might get you know, a great deal here and there. So I think you should definitely tell everybody you know and definitely tell your contractors that you're buying. And don't be afraid to remind them. I was just going to today, I was like, oh, I should really... Email or text, like all the contractors I've worked with, and just remind them, like, hey, I got a thousand dollar check waiting for you. If you find me some good deals, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think I've probably found
1: five deals at least just through word of mouth for one way or the other. That's directly talking to the person who sold me the property or a friend of a friend of a friend who I somehow made that connection with. It manifests itself in so many ways. Oh, this is actually my favorite story. Side note I'm going to tell you guys how we bought our very first short-term rental. I actually stayed at the property with my boyfriend a couple of years ago. Um, it was my boyfriend's parents' friend's cottage in a lake town, and this was before I was ever even investing, but I had the investing itch. I knew that I that's what I wanted to do, and so after we stayed there, It had a ton of potential for a short-term rental. So I I said, tell your friends that whenever they're ready to sell, I will buy this property from them. And two years later, I think two years later, yeah, they were ready to sell and they contacted me directly and we put it under contract well under market value, got a great deal on it. They didn't have to go through any frills of dealing with a realtor. They left whatever furniture they wanted to leave, etc. But I literally found that two years before I was ever even investing, and it somehow manifested to us purchasing and it's been a great property. So even if you haven't started investing yet,
0: tell people that you're looking to buy. Absolutely. Tell everybody. And the other thing that goes along with word of mouth is telling other investors, hey, I am looking for a multifamily in this area of town. I'm ready to close in the next two, like immediately. So if you know anything, let me know. And people will think of you when they know stuff, especially if you have that referral fee on top of it. So anyways, everybody should know what you do. Your friends, your family, contractors, other investors, literally everybody. Okay. So this goes along with it, but social media is huge. I talked a little bit about the Facebook page, but one thing that you should do to show people who you are and that you buy rentals and also to show people who you maybe are trying to buy a rental from that you're a legit person who buys properties and they can trust your offer is your Facebook page. You can collect reviews here, post pictures of you, the properties you're working on. And I get so many off-market leads this way from people who we just view it organically. Sometimes I repost my posts about how we buy off market properties and groups, all of that good stuff. And at the end of the day, like there's a reason why HGTV is so popular. People love seeing the befores and afters. So just simply posting befores and afters on your Facebook, people want to see that and they'll interact naturally with it. They'll share them, they'll comment. And all of this is just getting your name out there even more and giving you more opportunity to find off market deals.
1: Yeah. And if Facebook, feels a little too personal to you because I still don't really utilize my Facebook like I should, start an Instagram. That's how we both started was just through an Instagram where we were just casually sharing our rehabs and things that we were doing. And I've had leads come through uh, my Instagram that we have closed on. Actually, my parents' neighbor follows me on Instagram and they were looking to sell their house. So they reached out and wanted to know if I wanted to buy it. And I said, Yeah. And really, I didn't want to buy it, but I knew my parents did. So Mm -hmm. my parents bought that house this summer and now they own both properties side by side, but they absolutely love it because they have full control over who their neighbors are now, which is huge to them. Also, they, fun fact, they flipped that property like five or six years ago and now they own it again. So (laughs) like They just can't get rid of that property.
0: I know, it keeps coming back to (laughs) them.
1: At this point, I think they're just like, we're just going to rent it. There's a big Morton building in the back that. They have access to now to store all my dad's tools and fun stuff in. So I don't think I don't think they'll ever sell it. But
0: post on social media, like stuff, random leads will come through that you never imagined. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of leads on Instagram, my personal Instagram page, but I do not think I have closed on in any of the actual leads. But still, they will come to you if you just keep showing up, being who you are, and showing people that you know you do real estate in the area.
1: Yeah. Also, I just thought. Of this, if you're maybe looking to partner with somebody and your area is really terrible for investing, a high cost of living city or whatever the case may be, get on social media and look for those boots on the ground investors that are scrappy, maybe just getting started, that maybe need money, and you could be the money person for them, and connect that way, and maybe buy a property in a partnership. You never
0: know, or vice versa, if you're the boots on the ground and you need money, which exactly that I have utilized, you know, social media to bring private invest to my doorstep. So a lot of different ways why social media is beneficial. You should definitely be utilizing it. Okay, and the
1: final way that we have for finding off-market deals is connect with current landlords in the market that you're looking to invest in. I've actually utilized this strategy twice to close on deals. My first was I purchased a triplex from an investor and at the closing table when we walked away and got out of the realtor's office, I said, hey, I, I've i stalked you on the assessor site. I know that you also own that quadplex over on Osage. Are you interested in selling that as well? And- And he said, yeah, and so he worked out a deal there where he didn't have to pay the Realtors Commission and, you know, it was super easy, didn't have to list it or whatever. The other way I found is through Facebook, I saw a landlord post that he was selling one of his properties and I, again, looked that property up on the assessor website and backed in to find out that he owned multiple properties. So I called him and said, hey, I see you're selling that one property, is there any chance that you're maybe selling all of your properties and if so would you be interested in selling them all to me in a package deal and he was and so that's how I bought four of my single family homes he sold them all to me in a package so again great deal for him he got a decent price didn't have to list individually and didn't have to pay a realtor commission
0: yeah, that's huge. And the lesson again is you never know until you ask. And Amelia mentioned this earlier, but calling tenants who, you know, apply to your rental. And maybe I know your your tenant had hinted at you that the landlord was selling, or I can't remember yeah. the situation. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Actually I found three properties. Because uh, yeah, <laughs> I had a tenant apply for a property and the reason for moving what he said on his application was his landlord was selling the current property. So Again, got on the assessor site, looked it up, and saw that he owned another property, which I already knew about, but I called him and asked if he wanted to sell
0: that one too. Yeah, you whipped out that phone real quick. I yep, it.
1: I'd I'd had my eye on that big monster
0: triplex for a long time. So it worked out. Okay, so moral of the story, off market properties, sometimes they're hard to find, but if you just keep your eye out, you're constantly putting yourself out there, you're constantly asking questions they will come to you. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will catch you in the next one.
1: Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love today's episode, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to check us out and join our community at womeninvestinrealestate.com and follow us on Instagram at wirewith 2 eyescommunity